1: As you heard in Bob's News, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in Ottawa, meeting with Foreign Affairs Minister Christian Freeland and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And there are lots of crucial files on the table. The new trade deal with the U.S. and Mexico that has not been signed, and the two Canadians being held in China because we arrested Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou at the Americans behest. Now, the, the overarching question, how is our government doing managing the all important relationship with the U.S.? And, and listen, before we get into any partisan sniping, I have to point out the difficulty anyone would have managing a relationship with a U.S. president who is mercurial and unpredictable to put it most diplomatically. And apparently it's not enough to be the most powerful man in the free world. Here's the latest from Donald Trump on how he sees himself. Over the last five or six years, China's made five hundred billion dollars, five hundred
2: billion, ripped it out of the United States. And not only that, if you take a look, intellectual property theft, add that to it, And they had a lot of other things to it. So somebody, excuse me, somebody had to do it. I
1: am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I'm taking on China. I am the chosen one. Uh, There are a lot of connotations to that. There was a lot of uh, talk about whether that offended evangelicals who might find it sacrilegious. Gives you an insight into his ego, uh, and he's more than happy to take on his allies as opposed to some dictators, especially if they are less powerful countries like Denmark. We'll get into all that later. I do want to hear from you. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 Right now, I am going to Aaron O'Toole, who is the foreign affairs critic for the Conservative Party. Welcome and thanks for joining us.
2: That's great to be with you. It's hard to follow that quote.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, given who we are dealing with, how is the government doing managing our most important trading relationship and other relationships
2: well look i I agree with you it was always going to be difficult dealing with the trump administration but the trudeau government done a very poor job actually going back to the obama administration the trudeau government likes to remind people how well he got on a personal level with barack obama we had a terrible reciprocal relationship uh, under that he canceled the keystone pipeline for example uh, we changed the rules about uh, searches at the border and these sorts of things. So it was a one sided relationship with the U.S. And then with Trump and the NAFTA renegotiations, the Trudeau government really made a miscalculation when instead of saying that auto and softwood and some of the important trade elements were key to Canada's uh, future in NAFTA, Justin Trudeau put his sort of brand identity forward, his progressive package of indigenous and climate change and, and gender, knowing full well that they weren't trade issues and that Trump wasn't going to agree. So we haven't been as smart and as strategic with the U.S. relationship as we should have been.
1: Well, and uh, we were blindsided when Mexico, who we were we were protecting them, we thought, Mexico turned around and, and said, we have a deal with the U.S. and, and we can sign it with or without Canada.
2: That stunned people, you're right, and I've reminded people that free trade between partners in North America, Canada and the U.S., goes back to 1965 and the Auto Pact, where Southern Ontario assembling a car in Oshawa or in Oakville, it was treated as domestic for sales in the U.S., and most of our vehicle production was for the U.S. market. We went from that huge history and heritage with the U.S. to actually playing a backseat to Mexico, because Mexico took the negotiations seriously. They did a lot of outreach to the White House directly, whereas the Trudeau government was seen as going and speaking at the state level and other things that weren't directly going to support a good deal. The Conservatives said we should have started making auto the centerpiece. We also should have expanded NORAD at a time where missile defense and things like this were what the U.S. wanted to talk about. We could have reminded them that Mexico is not a security partner in NORAD but Canada is so we could have played it a lot more strategic uh, and really benefited. And when Canada is strategic with the U.S., we can then influence them to take uh, positions that help NATO. When when Trump was saying bad things about the the NATO alliance, so when we're smart, we have we have influence in the U.S. We saw that under uh, Brian Mulroney in particular. But when we play off the U.S., we usually get burned.
1: Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Now, uh, in terms of China, we—I mean, everybody's take is we are having huge problems with China now because we fulfilled an extradition request from the United States. Meanwhile, Donald Trump has said, "Well, well, maybe Meng Wanzhou is a bargaining chip." So. How far do you think we are? You know, we've been trying to tell the Americans that they have to help us get our people out of there, the two Michaels. How are we doing with that?
2: We're not doing well. I I, I reminded people this morning on social media, Canada hasn't had an ambassador on the ground in Beijing for eight months during the most prolonged and deep diplomatic dispute we've ever had with China. Uh... Trudeau's handpicked guy, John McCallum, resigned in disgrace in January. We've had no one on the ground. Uh, Our citizens are detained. We're losing billions in exports. And the prime minister can't even uh, arrange a call now with President Xi. The U.S. aren't being strong enough. I think they say nice words like uh, Secretary Pompeo did today uh, in Ottawa, but they haven't applied the leverage needed. And I think we need to get an ambassador on the ground and Andrew Scheer, our leader, has said, even though our, our pushing back would be somewhat symbolic, we should pull out of the Asian Infrastructure Bank. We should, we should make clear uh, on, the, on the role that Huawei won't be in our 5G uh, network, for example. Um, we have to show that we're willing to stand up for our interests and our citizens. And Right now, China doesn't take us seriously, and we're on a losing side of a diplomatic dispute.
1: Uh, Yeah, we we certainly seem to be and Trump saying that he's the chosen one to deal with China. Uh, Is that helpful?
2: No. What's interesting about China is China, when I go to Washington, both Democrats and Republicans both agree that China uh, should not have been uh, allowed into the WTO at the time they have because they haven't respected international trade rules. The Obama administration started putting tariffs on Chinese steel. So some of the trade disruption that is being brought up about China, their their theft of intellectual property, these are all true. It's a matter of how that is approached. And what what I find disappointing in both President Trump and in Prime Minister Trudeau, we could have worked with the U.S. on concerns about the transshipment of steel, for example. Right now, last week, Justin Trudeau's allowing our liquid uh, LNG projects in, in B.C. to be built and constructed almost entirely in China, and they're supporting that instead of supporting some of the industrial construction jobs that have been suffering as the oil fans slowed down in Alberta, they're actually still helping China at a time that China's not even taking our agricultural exports, so we should align ourselves with the EU and with the US to bring Chinese trade practices into line, because Right now, they're subsidizing and dumping a lot of these commodities and killing jobs in the West.
1: Okay. Um, Aaron O'Toole, is there anything else we should be doing before we let you go?
2: Well, I'm glad you're covering it. Canada's a trading nation, and right now under the Trudeau government, not only do we have bad dis- diplomatic disputes with China, we've had countries like India, Italy, other countries uh, imposing tariffs on us. Right now, Canada doesn't have a lot of friends on, on, the for, on the world stage because the Prime Minister's put his own image and his own interests before Canada's national interests. So I, I, hope, I hope Prime Minister Trudeau agrees to the foreign policy monk debate because I really think a lot of Canadians would like to see our uh, reputation restored on the world stage.
1: Okay, and that's what he promised to do. Aaron O'Toole, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Okay. I'd like to bring in Jonathan Berkshire Miller. He's the Deputy Director and Senior Fellow at the McDonald laurier Institute, and Dr. Patrice Dutille, who is a professor in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at Ryerson University. Thank you for joining us and welcome. Thank you.
3: Okay. Yeah, good to be on.
1: Okay. Let us start with Jonathan. Um, how are we managing our relationship with the U.S.?
3: Well, I think it's been it's been challenged for sure. I think when uh, when President Trump uh, first came to office and uh, and uh, Prime Minister Trudeau made his first visit down to Washington, I think there was a sense that that uh, he could look to manage the Trump administration. But I think this management has really kind of went off the rails on a, on a range of issues. I think uh, we see this uh, most clearly on trade. But one thing I kind of like to point on, I mean, there seems to be a lot of focus, obviously, on uh, USMCA and, uh, and the difficulties with NAFTA. But one of the things I'm more concerned about in the long term is actually some of the security relationship between the two sides. And I think one issue that that seems to be kind of seen in the lens a lot of from a Canada-China perspective is this issue of uh, 5G and Huawei's potential participation in our next generation networks. But I really see this a lot in in a Canada-U.S. perspective because of the kind of integration in our telecoms uh, networks and our relationship with the, the Five Eyes intelligence sharing pact. This is something I I really worry, depending on how we kind of uh, uh, make our decision on this, could really impact our relationship with the U.S. And we're already seeing concerns in the U.S., not just from the Trump administration, but from, uh, from Congress and other elements that are very concerned about uh, how we may kind of decide on this on this factor,
1: and in Europe as well. I mean, we know that a lot of the big telecom companies here, notably TELUS, has a big relationship with Huawei. But I take your point that that you know if we do this in a different way with them, uh, might come back to haunt us, Doctor Dutiel. Do you agree?
4: Yeah, potentially yes. Um, but I tend, you know, when it comes back to the relationship with the uh, American administration, I tend to uh, step back a little bit and and say that. President Trump's relationships, diplomatic relationships with pretty well everybody around the world, maybe with the exception of Saudi Arabia, has been a disaster. He's burnt pretty well every bridge uh, that was ever built, and uh, you know he he backtracks, and he circles back, he does all sorts of things. But what he's done with Canada is what he's done with pretty, practically every country in the world. So we have to see things. In a broader perspective, uh, Mr. Trump may be reelected next year, so we have to play a longer game. Maybe he won't be there. Uh, what we have to do is focus on the basics. We have to focus on the structural aspects of Canada's relationship with the United States and hope for the best. There's, it's not an easy answer. It's not an easy solution. But he's what we've got to play with, and uh, we're going to have to learn to live with it.
1: Uh, you know, we were just talking to uh, Aaron O'Toole, who is the conservative foreign affairs critic, and he listed a couple of uh, very nuts and bolts kind of things where he thinks we could have done better than the Trudeau relationship. And he brings it back to uh, Justin Trudeau coming on the stage saying Canada's back and then focusing on his kind of progressive agenda rather than the nuts and bolts. Is, is that criticism fair or is, is like, you know... Nobody can really do very much when you're dealing with a Donald Trump. Jonathan?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would uh, agree with my colleague there on a number of things. I mean, Trump is, the Trump administration is a very difficult one to deal with in, in many respects. I think the one difference from Canada, I mean, I think it's just something you even have to look at a map, is our, our geographic and our kind of economic and security uh, relationship with the U.S. is different than that of Australia, than that of uh, even countries in Europe, which have strong ties um, to the U.S. as well. So I think while a lot of people are dealing with these difficulties of the Trump administration, we are on the front lines. And I think it, it, it one of the things I would I would urge is that when we look at it, at this relationship, and it's very difficult sometimes, I think as we deal with an administration like Trump, is to try, try to disaggregate a relationship with the leader itself from the different kind of levers of power in the U.S., whether that be governors, uh, be, uh, members of Congress, uh, or other. Uh, friends of of the U.S. Canada relationship within the U.S. So this is something I think that is is a big challenge. But I think as we as we look uh, look at ways to kind of criticize uh, some moves from Trump, we make sure not to not to put the actual U.S. Canada relationship in the future in jeopardy. So I think this is the challenge that Trudeau has and other leaders have, frankly, too, when they're when they're dealing with uh, the U.S. right now, is looking to kind of push back on some of the policies of of the Trump administration, but also liking to kind of secure that important relationship with the U.S. and hoping that, uh, that that things change in the coming years.
1: Well, we just saw him really, uh, I would say, bully Denmark, I think, <laughs> largely because the prime minister there is a woman. He starts going off about doing a big real estate deal to buy Greenland. Uh, the prime minister says... That's absurd. And he calls her nasty. I've only ever heard him call women nasty if they, if they, you know, do the slightest thing to push back against him. But Denmark is smaller and Canada is also smaller. Um, you know, wh- what should we take from that, Patrice Dutille? Well,
4: the hard reality, uh, Libby, is that we have no leverage. We have precious little leverage. We have little leverage with the United States. We have little leverage with China. And these are the big powers of our time, and that makes it all the more challenging for us to uh, deploy some diplomacy to find friends and to be effective. We still, I mean, we have signed the USMCA. Uh, we have a deal, but it's not it's not official yet. It's it has not, not ratified. Been, it's not been ratified. So, for all we know. The, the Americans can change their minds, whether it's Mr. Trump, whether it's the US Congress, whether it's the new democrat the, the new democratic administration, if should it be happening? We have no leverage. So what do we do? Um we have to find friends among our class, you know, the softer powers, the the secondary powers. What can we do with Denmark? We can say, hey listen, we've been there, you know, <laughs> don't 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 mind it. We have other people we can deal with, and maybe this is where the visit by Mr. Pompeo is important. Mr. Pompeo is a more reasonable man. He's also a man who has the ear of the president, and that's why that visit today is so important, so that kind of quiet diplomacy, the quiet talk, saying, look, we are in the straits here of, of, of great difficulties. We have two people who are hostages in China. We have the Mrs. Meng uh, issue here in 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 Vancouver how are we going to resolve this we have all sorts of complicated relationships with with China we've had uh we have uh, tremendous issues that we need to deal with uh economic trade has been uh stunted what are we? How are we going to get out of this? And the Americans, I mean, uh, and this is the Trump administration. They want to deal. What are you going to give us for it? China is, may be in a position to deal, but we're going to have to give up something for it. We get, again, I come back to the point that we have very little leverage, so we have to be patient on one hand. And I think this has been the game of the Trudeau government, um, but it's not without its consequences. On the other hand, we also have enormous interests in working with China. And you have to keep in mind that our relationship with China is very much like the relationship we have with the U.S. It's a 100-year marathon. We want to have a long-term relationship with China. And right now, we just don't have the guts and the courage to say to China, look, you know, if we're going to have a relationship over the next 100 years, uh, you're going to have to behave and we're going to have to learn to work with you and you're going to have to learn to work with us. Um, I think that there are things that we can we can press on them, but- Doctor
1: Dutiel. We are yeah. running out of time, okay, of uh, uh, so I'm going to give 20 seconds to Jonathan before we wrap up.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, the, my last my quick point on China is I think that we have to stop thinking about the China that we want to engage with and the China that we that we think that uh, should be there, rather than the the China that is there. And I think that's something that we've had struggles with for for several years. Uh, so I agree fully that we need to kind of keep our eyes open and, and uh, maximize the opportunities with China. But we, we also can't delude ourselves to believing that there's a, that China's different than the one that we're actually the challenges that we're actually facing with it. Oh,
1: OK, I've got to wrap things up. This is a topic we are going to revisit. In the meantime, thank you so much, Jonathan Berkshire Miller and Dr. Patrice Dutille. Thank
0: you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.